evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to OCA's Asia Town Voice. We are an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. OCA's Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And this is Yin Tang, uh, DJ name, DJ Bossy Lady in the house. Bossy, bossy. Yes, yes. And that was the ghost host, Johnny Ooh. Woo. And a special guest with us today um, is Lisa Wong, president of OCA Cleveland. Hi, everyone. And Jared West. Hello. Our... um what is the actual title for an acupuncturist? Licensed acupuncturist. There's no, uh, those little suffixes that L- go at the end? L-A-C. L-A-C. And um, Jared is uh, here because he was recently at the Health Initiative, the, I'm sorry, the Asian American Health Initiative event um, Lisa helped put together last year. I'm sorry, what was the full name of that, Lisa? It's the Ohio <laughs> Asian American Health Conference. Yes. And that I always go to these things to get my blood pressure checked to make sure I'm still healthy. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we have Jared here because he spoke at the conference, and I have to confess I was kind of wandering around, so I only caught half of your demonstration. But I wanted to start off and ask you about the demo you did with Wayne, Lisa's husband. Yeah. It was, um, it was, it was pretty neat. You, you uh, were talking about the meridian points, and you had him try to do something with his hand, and then you... I'm sorry. Can, yeah. You probably so, could. <laughs> Chinese medicine is so totally different from conventional medicine. It's hard to to really put it in terms that everyone can understand. Conventional medicine really looks at structures and chemistry and what the body is. And, and if something's wrong, then physicians can prescribe. They can do operations. With acupuncture, particularly, I can't add anything to the body. All I can do is tell it how to work better. Mm-hmm. And one way to assess that is to actually look at, at strength in people. And so I, it's, it's a fun way of showing people how, how acupressure works. And we can actually do this yeah. today if you want to. Okay. I, I brought some acupressure tools with me. So Sweet. we can look at, <laughs> at grip strength and you can, you can influence that with people. I, I've actually for most of us, it's nice to feel like our hands are stronger, but I've done this with people with muscular at- dystrophy and and actually been able to increase the strength in their hands and help them start opening containers again, which for many people is a big challenge. So it, with acupuncture and Chinese medicine, if you can get the body to work better, then it can be stronger. It's just like athletes have good days and bad days. Why? Why is it that one day someone can walk into a gym and they can do anything they want to, they feel great, they enjoy it, Mm -hmm. and the next day they go back and everything is a struggle, it's painful, they're tired, they hate it, Mm -hmm. they say they'll never do it again. With Chinese medicine, the goal is to figure out how to get people more of those good days so that whatever they're doing, they're enjoying it and their body is really at its best. And we can can definitely do a little acupressure if you want. I want to try this. Okay, I'm going to be scooting closer. (laughs) Okay. I have to set up my stuff. Oh, <laughs> that's fine. While you do that, I'll tell a really, well, it's not really a joke, but whenever <laughs> I can't open a jar at home, do you want to know what I do? I take a little hammer and a nail and I like poke a hole in it so the pressure releases and then I take off the cap <laughs> and then I put duct tape on the hole so it still keeps everything fresh when I re-screw it. That's my secret. 
Probably not the best idea. But <laughs> I thought you'd be asking uh, Aaron to help you. When he's not home, oh, you know, what am I going to do? Plus, he's not that much stronger than me. So, Actually, you, yeah, he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> this Aaron, is a Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, our listeners, Aaron's my husband. So, you know, what our husband's good for, right? Opening right, jars. Right. <laughs> well, uh, have you tried, like, putting a rubber band around the lid? Because that gives you extra grip. Oh. Well, so. sometimes I, like, tap the tap it on the edge of a table, but I don't know. I've no, I haven't tried the rubber I've band. I've never heard the, the nail and the hammer. <laughs> 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 I will definitely suggest that to my right. wife next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, um, cause, you, know, I, you know, I did the whole science, the Western science thing. You know, you have to release the pressure scientifically. <laughs> right. That would do it. All right. So what do I need to yeah, do? Just come, come closer. I, okay. I have to be able to take your pulses. Oh, okay. So right mm-hmm. now, Lisa, would you like to describe what we are seeing? Well, so he's checking our pulse. Yes. So. so I heard that it's supposed to be left hand for women and right hand for men. The pulse in Chinese medicine, you look at both wrists. Ah. And the rate is significant, but the quality is also important. Mm-hmm. So where your pulse is, let me do the same thing. Um, weaker, stronger, rougher, smoother, tells me about how different aspects of your body are working. Could you sp- speak a little bit more into the yeah, microphone? Yeah, I got <laughs> kind of to twisting here. Mm-hmm. All right. Try and, try and hold your fingers together. Keep this tight. Keep it tight. Good. This is, just remember how much effort that takes. Keep this tight. So, so he's like pulling apart her yeah. thumb and her finger on both sides. And my left hand is stronger. I wasn't hallucinating it. So. Are, you, are you left-handed? I'm right-handed, surprisingly. You should, should <laughs> have the other hand be stronger. So I'm going to put an acupressure pellet on her hand. For, for a moment there, I thought it was a needle, and I was about, I sort of hyperventilated. <laughs> but it, it didn't prick me, so I'm good. Looks like a Band-Aid. Yeah. Keep this tight. Mm-hmm. Feel the difference in your grip here. Yeah. Oh, my God, you couldn't even open it. That's <laughs> sweet. Now so, we test the right hand. Is probably eighty <laughs> percent, not quite as good as the left. Oh, interesting! So it looks like there's a little metal piece inside of this band-aid that's stuck on my finger. Um, is it? What is it? What does it do? The metal works kind of like a needle, and depending on the type of metal, <laughs> these are aluminum and brass, silver and gold. The colors, the color actually influences the type of energy, light. Is a kind of energy. Everything with acupuncture and Chinese medicine works because of how our body reacts. And our body reacts one way to silver colors and one way to gold colors. And you can influence what the energy does in the different energy pathways depending on which type of metal you use. So try right. this again. Keep. So now uh, I have two things on my keep this, fingers. Keep this tight. Feel the difference. Yeah. Oh, my God. It feels so strong right now. <laughs> now you're a superwoman. Can I keep these? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a little little gift. Thank you. So yeah, thank um, you. to recap what was happening, um, Jared put uh, these little uh, they're gold acupressure things um, inside of band aids on the inside of my third finger and my pinky. And what he had me do before was to put my thumb and my fourth finger together, and he tried to pull them apart. Which of course, if you have two people pulling your thumb and uh, fourth finger apart, which is, I think the fourth finger is your weakest finger, right? Uh, your pinky probably is pinky? weaker. Oh, but well, oh, okay, because whenever I do that, I usually hold my thumb over my pinky. So that, pro- that explains it. So <laughs> but no, you're right. I, um, 
And it surprisingly, just within the the couple seconds, um, I was stronger with my grip, with my thumb held to my fourth finger. This this I use mostly as a way to show people what acupuncture can do, that it can affect the body. Um, and it's useful for me because it helps me figure out a diagnosis for a treatment. I can confirm, yes, these meridians are off, and if I t- strengthen the energy in this way or if I get rid of the traffic jam in this one, then we can help your body get into a better place of balance. And then I can go more into the treatment. The stickers, I don't always just... Usually I'm not just trying to get people's hands to be stronger, but it's people with pain or stress or something like that. This is a nice point to start off, and it's an easy way to show someone just a little bit of how acupuncture works because it's, you know, it's, I'm working on something you can't really see in the body. So uh, let's say most people out there probably have really bad ergonomics when it comes to their neck because most people sit in front of their computer all day, like me. Do you have any advice on what they can do at home? Like maybe wear a gold necklace? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm Chinese, but I don't really know much about this. So, so it, it depends on why you have neck pain in mm-hmm. terms of how you treat that. And this is one way that Chinese medicine really differs from conventional medicine. It Every single person can have neck pain in slightly different ways. And at some level, there's some similarities with conventional medicine. It could be the muscles on the side of your neck are pulling too tight. It could be Mm -hmm. that the shoulder blades, your posture isn't good because your shoulder blades, the muscles on your back aren't actually holding your posture up. Mm -hmm. Or the muscles in your chest can be too tight. Or you may have general inflammation throughout your whole body and your neck is just the weakest link in that overall chain. And so with Chinese medicine, you have to sort through why people have pain. And it could be for you helping stretch the muscles in your chest, helping strengthen the muscles in your back. Yes. Getting you to do more yoga. (laughs) Yes. Yoga. Um, But in general with neck pain, the big culprits are that people don't move enough Mm -hmm. and sitting in front of a computer. We're not really designed to sit in one place indefinitely. So anything you can do where you're getting moving, particularly during the day, um, if if you can get exercises, range of motion exercises, and do them even five minutes once a day, hmm. it will make more of a difference than if you have once a week you're doing something for two hours on your neck. It's, it's a little bit every day that allows us to retrain those kind of subconscious patterns that can hurt us. <laughs> That's actually really good advice. Uh, but going back to what you said earlier, can you explain what meridians are? Yeah. So Chinese medicine looks at the body in terms of a balance. One of the, the fundamental kind of images of Chinese medicine is the yin-yang symbol. Mm-hmm. And there's complementary opposites, white and dark, warm and cool. And they symbolize energy, which can manifest in many different ways. And the meridians are the energy circuits in our body. They're, it's kind of like wiring for a house. Mm-hmm. And if you have trauma or stress, the that energy flow can get obstructed. And the goal with acupuncture is to free up the energy flow. And this is it, that's kind of a Chinese medicine way of explaining how it works. Mm-hmm. There, you can also look at it in terms of conventional medicine, which looks more at inflammation blood flow, nerve impulses, things that you can quantify with tests. Even you can look at functional 
magnetic fMRI functional magnetic resonance images of the brain and see changes in, in what the brain is doing during an acupuncture treatment. The meridians are our way of stimulating all those different things to happen. We can insert needles either in the hands or feet or arms. Um, there's points on the ear. There's literally hundreds of points all over the body. So there's many different ways of choosing what you work on, but the meridian is how we send those signals to the system to work better. I actually had ear um, acupressure done before, and oh my gosh, it hurts so bad. After the first two minutes, it started to... Well, okay, I, I have eczema, yeah. and um, there was he was a family friend, and he had practiced uh, Eastern medicine for generations. He's like a, a heritage doctor. And he's like, oh yeah, I could do this to your ear, and you know, just leave it there for a couple weeks. And I'm like, okay, sounds good enough. Just He takes these little seeds, and then he takes his tape, and then he sticks it to your ear. But after two minutes, it really started to hurt. He's like, yeah, it'll stop hurting in a week. And I'm like, but it hurts really bad, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, I'm assuming it's not supposed to hurt unless it's something that's really bad in my body that's trying to get out. <laughs> so there are so many different tools with acupuncture and so many different styles mm-hmm. that some, like, are your hands hurting right now? No. No, but the <laughs> points are working. So they're they're, stronger. they're yeah, <laughs> you're stronger. So there's so many different styles and so many different techniques that it's kind of like cooking. There's some things that people like better. There's Chinese and Japanese and Korean, even different family traditions and American styles. And some people like one style. Some people don't like another. Some work really well for some people. And my suggestion for most people is if you try something and it doesn't really work that well for you, if, if some people want more stimulus. They want to actually feel a lot more discomfort where the points are because then they know it's doing something. Some people don't want to feel any. At the end of the day, what matters is that you get relief. Right. But how you get there is kind of, that's up to you. You can figure out what you like, and there's different styles where they you may feel less or you may feel more. and hmm. um, You kind of have to find someone that works well for you. I, I did ask him the fastest method to get rid of my eczema. This was... You know, and he's like, okay. He's like, <laughs> this is the like, one. it's probably gonna hurt. He didn't tell me that. He's like, it'll hurt for the first week. I, I, I have to admit, I took it off after the second day. I was like, oh god, my ears are on fire. So, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, can you tell us about the kind of training you have to go through? I mean, obviously, um, this is like, what am I trying to say here? It, it's different from studying Western medicine. There's different kind of certifications. Um. But did you have to have, like, uh, I don't know, pre-med or study nursing before you go into studying acupressure? It would have been helpful, probably, to do that (laughs) before I went to acupuncture school. So acupuncture school is a master's level degree. It's three or four years, although there are also Ph.D. programs. And I work with someone. I I work at the Cleveland Clinic, and and there's people in my department that are either have a Ph.D. or are in a Ph.D. program. But what... I, I studied English and majored in outdoor education oh. for college, so I read books and, <laughs> and went kayaking and had lots of fun. And then I I went to acupuncture school and did a bunch of science classes. And it about a third of what you do in acupuncture school is conventional medicine. You learn about anatomy and physiology. You learn about pharmacology. And, mm-hmm. and then the remainder is Chinese medicine. It's theory. It's point locations. It's actual practice on patients Mm -hmm. and when you get out of school 
then literally you spend the rest of your life learning how all of this works. And I've had teachers who are 70, 80, 90 years old, and one of them actually told me that in Chinese medicine you should not say you're a master until you're at least 80. You, you don't have enough experience in your life until then. And I, I like that. I like that I can spend my whole life learning this. My mom is an acupuncturist, mm. and she's still practicing. She still enjoys it. She actually, when she learned it, she learned through apprenticeship because at that time there was maybe two schools in the U.S. It really wasn't common. Most of the people now in the U.S. who learn acupuncture learn it through through schools and but there are still there's an apprenticeship program for people who want to study that way and some some people still do it it's it traditionally and one of the ways that it was taught it's much more common now in china that people learn it through mm -hmm. colleges but traditionally people would teach it to their they would teach acupuncture to their children mm -hmm. and a lot of the families had points that they wouldn't share with anyone else oh, yeah. it was their like their <laughs> the secret point secret, yeah. yeah or if you get someone with a sore throat this is the special point they use for the sore throat and it protected the knowledge but now now a lot of that is starting to come out a lot of these interesting family styles ginger. are coming out yeah my mom told me ginger cures most things <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is, is that what you were taught to <laughs> ginger is wonderful stuff it, so it, ginger is hot in chinese medicine mm -hmm. so if you tend to be cold then it's awesome um, I tend to be a little warm, so I have to be careful. Sometimes ginger beans, is great. Right? For, yeah, mung beans, <laughs> yeah. you got it. <laughs> I used to have nosebleeds as a kid. So mung beans. <laughs> my mom's That's like, awesome. oh, time to make mung bean soup. So. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Like, it's nothing, it's, you know, it wasn't anything my grandma sat down and taught her. It was just common knowledge, like, oh, mm -hmm. you're supposed to have vitamins. Like, now we talk about vitamin C whenever we have the flu, you right. know, or zinc. But back then, like, oh, you know, if you're, you get nosebleeds, eat mung beans or... um tremella the, the white fungus yeah. and yeah that cools your body down whereas if you're if you're sick and you have a fever then you take ginger so that's awesome that's totally awesome <laughs> see i know a little bit right <laughs> yeah I, what i love about chinese medicine so so much of it is is it's cultural it's in our you know mm -hmm. our parents do it I, you go to the grocery store in, in china and people are picking out their vegetables <laughs> and thinking about how their body is going to react to the mm -hmm. food that they eat and I wish in the U.S. we were doing more of that. We thought more about it not is, just what, what it's, it's going to feel like. Now. To yeah. it's, it's like, a, um, I don't want to say hippie, but it's like a, it's starting to become a mainstream thing. It's like a new world macrobiotic cooking. I yeah. saw that. And yeah. I, it was at a co-op in, uh, in Kent. It was a Kent co-op. And I asked them about it. And they were telling me it's about how food and how there's like different energies. I'm like, oh, my God, I grew up learning about this stuff. And you guys, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was excited about right. it. But at the same time, I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. And it wasn't common knowledge i thought everybody had home cures like from europe they just didn't share and it was just but apparently right. people don't <laughs> am i i don't know i'm sorry I don't, I don't mean to insult anybody i was just surprised to find out that you know families didn't have these handed down home remedies so a, anyway a lot of it is starting <laughs> to get better known now like it there there's a big movement right now for people to make bone soup yeah. I don't know if like you've had bone soup, but and there's so so many people. My patients are coming in. They're saying, "Oh, I started making bone soup. I love it." And it it's not. I mean, people weren't doing this five years ago. Yeah, I, yeah. 
I mean, I know the hobos did, but that's like... Okay, I, I was reading... <laughs> I, I don't know what to call them, but, you know, when you read about books about the Great Depression area, they ta- they call them hobos and tramps and how they get together in little campfire mulligans and everybody brings soup bones and everything, mm-hmm. so... And those but, bones are so good for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, the marrow in there has so much nutrition, so... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we feed them to our dog half the time, so... <laughs> but, um... But uh, I did want to ask about the, the, the pulse thing. How how do you know what you're looking for when you take somebody's pulse? The pulse takes a long time to learn. Mm-hmm. It It is one of the more complicated parts of Chinese medicine diagnosis. And it's in China, sometimes when people are looking for practitioners, they'll just go sit down in the office and say, mm-hmm. if you can tell me what's wrong with me, I'll let you take my pulse. You can maybe even look at my tongue. If you can tell me what issue I'm dealing with, then I'll let you treat me. And that <laughs> skill and pulse diagnosis, really, it takes a long time to get there. there. There's different qualities and different positions. And you're looking at the strength, the depth, the width. Hmm. Um, it, when you put in a needle or stimulate an acupressure point, the pulse should change. The quality will change. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different facets to the pulse and literally it you just spend your life learning about what it what it is reflecting it's it's showing off all these different systems in the body there's 27 different positions on both on each wrist wow and so there's three spots and then three different depths for each spot so nine nine and and then um the relationship between all of them and as well as you can use the carotid pulse and compare that to the radial hmm. and it, oh, yeah. yeah it's it's my, my mom used to do this like put the fingers on my neck and take my pulse so she's like, <laughs> she's like okay you need to calm down now <laughs> i was very excitable as a kid yes. <laughs> she's like yeah. you're gonna get another nosebleed <laughs> <laughs> more mung beans <laughs> yes more mung beans <laughs> i uh, actually used to hate tremella the white fungus and i grew to like it because of how much i had to eat it yeah. you know she she didn't want to put sugar in there she's like it'll upset your body with yeast and she actually knew about yeast so she's like so not not too much sugar with it and then you know she started using brown sugar because apparently it doesn't produce as much yeast as uh, white sugar and um i you know i never really looked into that i don't, I don't know if that's true <laughs> but she believed it was true so that was my fu- funny story um how how is it that the pulse on the two different wrists are different they just are really like the whole left hand right hand dominant thing or? no they reflect the positions on the right wrist reflected different meridian so this oh. is getting back into the energy pathways each each meridian has a different position on the wrist right and the right is different from the left in terms of the ones that it's showing i kind of remember something i was in chengdu when i was in high school my mother was seeing a taoist uh energy doctor and he was explaining how the front of your body and the back of your body one's yin the other one's yang and then their different organs had yin or yang energies mm-hmm. um and then left and right and then top of your head versus your feet and how uh, there's different yin-yang spots throughout your body, and they all work together. But I don't remember if he explicitly said left and right were different, but I'm assuming that would make sense. Right? Left and right are also, you can break them into yin and yang, and different energy workers say one is yin and one is yang. I've, I've heard it both ways. Mm-hmm. But front usually the yang, so yang is the hot 
energy. Mm-hmm. It, it's the energy that is associated with fire. And usually the yang parts of our body are the parts that get sunburned, actually. So if oh. you go outside on a hot day and stand around for long enough, you can figure out where what the yang <laughs> parts of your body are going to be, where the yang meridians go. Um, it's, it's the outsides of your arms. It's the tops of your shoulders. It's your back. It's... Kind of the the top of your head, your your a lot of your face, um, more kind of the outsides of the legs. It's it's where there's more more light really, and then the yin is is more the inside. It's the cool part of energy. It's where you wouldn't get that sunburn on the insides mm-hmm. of your arms, insides of your legs, bottoms of your feet, um, palms of your hands, and mm-hmm. the the pulse the different positions in the pulse will relate to yin and yang as well. So I have to share a story about acupuncture. The first time ever I stuck a needle myself. Under supervision, <laughs> I was supervised. There was a point, and um, it was the same doctor I had mentioned with the thing in the ears, the little seeds in the ears. But um, I used to get upset stomachs because I I wasn't, despite my mother and all she raised me, I didn't really watch what I was eating for a couple of years. And he used a stethoscope, and he found a very specific point on my leg. And he's like, all right, go ahead, stick the needle in there, and you'll feel better in, like, 10 minutes tops. And I'm like, stick a needle in my leg. He's like, yeah, you could do it. So, so and uh, miraculously, it worked. <laughs> um, have you ever performed acupuncture on yourself, and were you apprehensive about it? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I I started learning to needle by working on myself. And so you're apparently on the right road to becoming an acupuncturist, although I don't generally recommend terrifying. that to people. <laughs> usually, usually, like if people need help, I I teach a lot of acupressure, mm-hmm. which is literally it's just hands-on healing. You don't need any tools. You you just you have a headache, rub your temples. That's the beginning of acupressure. Mm-hmm. The acupuncture. I'll treat myself with needles. It, it's slightly harder to work on yourself than on other people because you're usually when I work on other people, I, I can use both of my hands to insert the needle. Mm-hmm. And when I work on myself, if I'm treating a point on my left arm, I have to use my right hand. And uh, or if I'm working on my right arm, I'm right-handed. Harder, yeah. I definitely I have to use my left hand, which I, I can do, but I'm not. My left hand has not learned to be as as good at needling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I work on myself. I, I do it pretty regularly. If if I have pain, if I feel like I'm getting a cold, mm-hmm. if I want a little bit more energy during my day, if I'm stressed about something, it's such an effective tool, and I've got it with me all the time. So I yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely use it. <laughs> so yes, I, I have to add. I, I think I sat there for a full 10, 15 minutes just staring at the, the needle before I tapped it into my leg. Finally. <laughs> He's, he kind of laughed, walked away. He's like, you're not allowed to have dinner unless you do this because your stomach's just going to get more upset. I'm like, crap. I'm like, mom. She's like, yeah. <laughs> she kind of sided with this guy. So uh, so it was it was a little bit terrifying. Um, but since then, I have allowed people to do acupuncture on me. So as Great. long as I don't have to see the needles. Like, if I had to stare at it going in my hand, that's a problem. I just can't look at it. So, And, um, yeah, actually, one of our family friends in Berea, Dr. Jin, he's a doctor in something else but then later he did acupuncture and eastern medicine um i threw my back out once and then it got better and then i threw it out again and then it got better and after the third third time i finally called him and like okay i hate needles he's like i'll be fine you won't feel it 
So true enough, he uh, did acupuncture. It was my a couple of my lower um, lumbar's were dressed out of place, and the muscles were affected trying to hold everything together. So after that, um, the area was warm for about a week, and he said, "Just be careful. Make sure you stretch every day." And then by the third week, it was better, and I haven't really hurt my back since. Not that badly, at least. I want to knock on wood. <laughs> is, there, is there wood in your studio, Johnny? <laughs> What's that? The desk. But the desk looks like it's like plastic. No, it's wood. <laughs> it's wood. Okay, woo. Okay, oh, good. But um, but it looks like it's our halfway point. So we're gonna take a break and we'll come mm-hmm. back and we'll talk more to Doctor West. Jared. Jared. Jared's great. Jared. Not awesome. a physician. Thank you. Sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with OCA's Asia Town Voice, an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events in Northeast Ohio. OCA's Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And my name is Yin Tang, also DJ Bossy Lady. We're here with the ghost host, Johnny Wu. Bossy, bossy. <laughs> He's making fun of me. You, you sound more like a goblin right there. Fresh advice. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the ghost host. And in studio today is Lisa Wong, OCA Cleveland's president. Woo! Yay! Woo! Okay. <laughs> and our special guest is Jared West, who is with the Cleveland Clinic Acupuncture Depart- Department. What, what would they call that? Center for Integrative Medicine with I, the Cleveland Clinic. So much more better than what I just said. So <laughs> um, but Lisa, you had a question for Jared? Yes, I was wondering, like, so why would people, like, what are the reasons um, people would see a doctor at the Integrated Center? The acupuncture people get for so many different reasons. The most common reason that I treat people is pain because it, it is acupuncture is so effective for pain. Usually if someone's had pain, even if it's chronic pain or pain that's nerve-related or almost any type of pain, 
and they'll get relief within a treatment or two, which is phenomenal. I've had patients come to me who have had chronic pain for years and have had very little relief with any other treatment that they've tried and been able to get them substantial relief within the first couple of treatments. And it's more and more insurance companies now actually are starting to cover it for for pain. The other common reason that I, I see patients uh, is I work a lot with couples for fertility, um, acupuncture. There's some really strong research with promoting fertility. It regulates the menstrual cycle. So women who are having painful periods, you can help with that with acupuncture. Yeah. Um, Does it help if they also don't have their periods regularly? Yeah, it, it can <laughs> help with regularity. Um, PMS, pretty much the goal with acupuncture is to help the body work better, and that's just one manifestation of how, how the body's working. The other thing, I, I treat a lot of patients who are dealing with addiction. Acupuncture helps the nervous system be more stable. It calms the brain. People, when they're quitting substances, tend to get more anxious. They stop sleeping well. They get irritable. Acupuncture actually will cut down those withdrawal symptoms a lot. You can treat people with anxiety or depression for that reason, PTSD. Um, it is a great option for people who have multiple issues. So a lot of people with chronic pain also end up getting anxious or depressed. You can work on all those things together with acupuncture. It's a holistic medicine. So the goal is not just to treat the physical body, but really all those different pieces that relate. When people have severe pain, it makes them tired, they don't want to do things, and they get sad, and they're not moving, so their pain gets worse. And if you if you can help any part of that, and acupuncture actually you can work on all of those things, then the door opens and the body can heal again. So it's more than just physiological, it's psychological too. Yeah. Which I, I can't remember where I read this, but I read somewhere that uh, they made an analogy. They're like the meridian system is like the nervous system for the spirit in the body. Yeah. So is it, I mean, I don't know, is that accurate? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the levels that the meridian system oh, works really? on. Yeah, so hmm. in Chinese medicine, there's not a huge difference between the physical body, the emotional body, the spiritual body. They're... They're all interrelated. Mm -hmm. So the point you're talking about needling for your stomach pain, yes, you can actually also use that for anxiety, worry. It's used for something called rumination. So people who are kind of chewing on their thoughts, just like if you're having problems chewing on food, you can use this point to help yourself process your thoughts oh, better. <laughs> it it will kind of calm the spirit too. So you can use it to promote tranquility. The points have all these different levels that they work on, and a lot of times people come to me for their back pain, and then they leave with their anxiety better, too. And it's it may not be why they came in, but if they leave and they feel better, they're, they're happy, too. <laughs> you know, there, there's two pressure points. Okay, one, but on either side of my spine. They call it the energy well point, and mm -hmm. it's like you push on them, and you, you just get this flooding of, it seems like a flooding of adrenaline. So I would take tennis balls and I would lay on them whenever I've been sitting too much and I feel great. Like I lay there for like two minutes and I wake, I, I stand up and for the next half hour I'm totally energized. That, that <laughs> is actually right next to the the adrenal cortex on the kidney. That makes so much sense. So you're literally <laughs> massaging your, your adrenals with those oh tennis balls. Oh my gosh, balls. what am I doing to myself? I mean, I'm not going to hurt myself, am I? <laughs> no, 
That's okay. actually, and the beauty of it is, it, you're you're bringing more blood to your adrenals, oh. to your kidneys. Your hmm. the there's this self massage technique that's used for chronic low back pain, and almost every time I see someone with chronic low back pain, they're walking around, they're holding their back, and if you can just get them to to rub it a little bit more, then about it quarter of the people that I see with, with low back pain, their pain will go away if mm-hmm. they just do that, if they just start rubbing their low back two minutes, five minutes, Or even a doing like stretches where you look over your side and where you twist your back all <laughs> I You know what? I hate sitting and I hate standing. I have to, I'm, I'm very active. If I don't move, I feel very, the pain sets in. So I have to keep moving. But the, the rubbing the low back, it, it, it's the, it's where we store energy. It's our, the battery for our body. Interesting. And it's right on the kidney and the kidney in Chinese medicine, it protects life over the long term. It, it oh. nourishes the bone. It protects the ears. It supports the teeth. And so it, it's one of the points that's, that's, rub to promote longevity so i should probably lay on my tennis balls more often then, clearly. right <laughs> clearly <laughs> i also have a foam roller <laughs> so yes wow that that's very okay listeners everybody go home get tennis balls lay on them put them over your kidneys <laughs> it feels great you know if it doesn't feel great you're probably laying on them wrong so shift around <laughs> until it does feel great so because i've laid on them wrong before and i have bruises to prove it but <laughs> you can also just rub your low back or yes. get a friend to do it or or you can try the tennis balls whatever works for you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lisa, you look like you did. No, I just have um, more questions about, like, like what, how young is your youngest patient, and do kids find need to see? Um, yeah, punches? so the way that I t- treat children tends to be different. I use less needles. I it, my So there's so many different styles of acupuncture, and some styles, they use a lot more needles. My typical treatment is probably five to ten needles. But um, I know a lot of practitioners who probably are closer in the 15 to 20 range. I know some people use closer to 60 needles in the treatment. And, it you know, some people it's like cooking. Some people like more. Some people like less. Yeah. Um, kids, generally, you just use less, particularly as they get younger because they're more likely to move and they're more sensitive acupressure works so well for them that there's not a huge need kids younger than six to to use needles although i've had some some kids that are younger they're so much more relaxed than most adults that (laughs) they don't care at all if 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 i use needles and so for some i i have on a couple of kids use needles younger but uh, i would say my there's really no age that you can't treat someone with Chinese medicine um, because really like acupressure, all of us do it. If, if mothers with their baby, they're going to rub, rub their back. That's acupressure. And you know, my mom, my mom actually did quite a bit of that stuff. My brother, I remember when he was a baby, he had an upset stomach and she took a pen and was point poking his foot. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, yeah. <laughs> it was like in the center of the <laughs> heel, a little bit higher, like towards the sole of the foot. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I guess my mom did a lot of that kind of stuff. Huh. It's, it, and it, it works, and it feels good, and so yeah. There's no there's no age that you don't do it, but you should you should change how you treat people. Every everyone, even adults, depending on how they're doing, if they've got like there's a nerve issue called complex regional pain syndrome, where the nerves in a limb will just go totally haywire, and I've had patients with that. And you, you, 
just don't put needles there. You might use their other arm or their other le- their legs or something like that. But it you you don't want to cause more discomfort as far as I'm concerned. If you can get someone relief and and not cause them discomfort, then that's the best in my book. Um, I, even even older, like I'll, I've treated people that are. I think I've had a patient who's over a hundred. Um, so every everywhere from kids that are a couple months old to people in their nineties or, or more, it's mm-hmm. there's never a time when our bodies can't have a little bit of stimulus and and work better for us. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about my tennis balls, and I'm going home. I'm going to be laying on them again. So. <laughs> you could also put them under your shoulders. That, yes, that would be I, good for you. I do do that. Simulate too. Like those right acupressure points between the shoulder blade and right under the neck. Yeah, that's yes. a good. That's a good place. Yeah, I, you know, it saves my husband because he doesn't always want to rub my shoulders. You know. <laughs> so earlier you mentioned that um, you treated patients with um, MDS, and so does that help? Do you have a lot of patients? With MDS, M- MDS, MS, MS. I actually do have have a number of patients with MS. It MS and other autoimmune diseases. Usually with acupuncture, you can't get rid of them, but I can relieve a lot of the symptoms. I can reduce MS. MS is an autoimmune disease that affects the central nervous system. Um, and it can cause weakness, lack of coordination. They, it, there are different kind of rates that it tends to affect people. So it, some people will, will, their condition will deteriorate usually, but the rate that it does that can vary a lot. Some, I've had patients who've had MS for years and still walking around running even, um, but it it can vary a lot. Some people, it it escalates pretty quickly, and they end up in a, a wheelchair. Um, with the acupuncture, usually you can help with the pain that goes along with it. You can help with the mobility. It, the I've had patients who actually have stopped needing to use wheelchairs, um, which is that's pretty exciting to yeah. see. So, but it it totally varies, and for the most part. You, it's not something where you can get rid of the disease, but you can help the body handle it better, and that that and and even the medications. Sometimes I can help with the side effects of the medications, and that's one of the really cool frontiers for for Chinese medicine is figuring out how to integrate into conventional medicine, which has a lot of things that, that it does so well. Conventional medicine. If if you break something, if you've got cancer, you need chemo. That the treatments work; they can do things much more quickly and and more effectively than Chinese medicine. But you can combine Chinese medicine with something like chemo and and cut down on nausea. You can help people have more energy. You can help them tolerate the treatment a lot better. So it it's this whole new frontier for this medicine. It, it's Chinese medicine is three to five thousand years old, and and we're still using it. Yeah, <laughs> still using it. And so now we're figuring out how we can combine it with conventional medicine and and bring out the best result from both both sides. They look at the body in such totally different ways. It's like two different languages, really. 
but the end result, the goal is really to help people have the best health that they can. Mm-hmm. So are you finding that the Cleveland Clinic is doing more referrals or, you know, more departments are working with you to um, work with patients, so for a more overall Yeah, it's it's been wonderful for me to see how acupuncture and Chinese medicine has grown in, in, in my lifetime. It's, I've literally gone from my mom telling people what she did as a kid and no one even knowing what it was to now pretty much everyone knows what acupuncture is. Um, more and more people are starting to look at Chinese diet and and herbs. And interestingly, that is the foundation of Chinese medicine. But mm-hmm. in, in America, the piece that most people have kind of caught on to is, is acupuncture. More people have thought about acupuncture. There's a lot more hesitancy about using herbs, or herbal medicine. Um, it's just not as well known. And it's, you're putting things in your body that you're not sure about. <laughs> right. whereas, whereas needles, you, needles are kind of cool. Uh, yeah, little, I don't know. <laughs> I would rather try drinking something really bad, <laughs> which I've done. But the, the, yeah, and so it was interesting for me to do the Asian Health Coalition talk because such a huge proportion of the people there were using. Chinese herbal medicine or had used it almost like two thirds of the audience was using (laughs) Chinese herbal medicine and a lot less maybe a quarter or just a handful of people had really used acupuncture and so it's usually the audiences that I talk at it's it's the opposite it's a lot (laughs) more people that are interested in doing acupuncture and not as many people that are doing herbs and even Ohio law uh, we we first got scope of practice in 2002 to practice acupuncture hmm. and herbal medicine. We didn't get until three years ago, wow. so it wasn't actually licensed in Ohio for herbal medicine until three years ago. And it's amazing now because at the Cleveland Clinic we're doing Chinese herbal medicine, and it's it's the one of the first major hospitals in the U.S. to have an herbal so, medicine clinic. I did not know There's that. herbal medicine at the, at the Cleveland Clinic. Are they doing that yeah. at their pharmacy? Yeah. they. We work with a supplier in Taiwan, hmm. um, oh, KTC, and they their quality controls are just so great. And, and for the most part, we don't actually stock, like I have, have a pharmacy right. on site, <laughs> okay. but we ship products to patients and have several we have a couple of herbalists who do consultations and prescribe herbs and it's it's great to have that there now because the herbal medicines all of you know is is so effective and it can be also fairly cost effective for some things i didn't mean to interrupt but do they actually put in little capsules for you or do you have to take the traditional way with the temperature of the water being a specific way and which one do you like best oh geez i can tell you that i've had some of the worst tasting medicine and the doctor's like you can't just like strain it down you have to drink this two large bowls full of them it's it was bad yes don't strain it it's it's you got to get that rich rich quality you're supposed to yeah oh my gosh it was, I, it was like yeah. eating dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's badly flavored dirt. A, a lot of the active ingredients in herbs are the alkali- alkaloids, which oh. are make it kind of bitter. Um, and and then there are all kinds of different plants and 
Materia Medica, it, you can get some really weird things in there. But uh, yeah, they do. People have an option of either taking it as a powder and mixing it into tea, or the capsules work as well. The tea may be a little bit better, at least if you have the capsules, you should have it with warm water because it helps yeah, you digest them. You, you, this is, you know, essence of Chinese medicine. <laughs> right. Do not drink ice water with Never, your food. Never, ever. <laughs> it slows down the energy well. <laughs> yes. You need that fire. And it, it hurts the mysterious gate, right? Is that the one? Is that the one in the back or the front? The back. <laughs> the back? Okay. Ming, Ming Men. The, yeah. Yeah. Gate, fire gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the one next to it where you're rubbing with that's, your tennis balls. Yes. Does that mean that you don't do cold drinks? I... So if I eat a meal, I unless it's a restaurant and they give me ice water and I don't want to complain, I, I don't <laughs> eat. I don't typically have cold, particularly with food. Sometimes summer summertime I'll drink like iced tea, but usually not when I eat it. Okay. So the basic kind of fundamental yin yang dietary therapy is: someone's hot, you give them cold. Someone's cold, you give them warm. Um, you, you always want to move towards balance. And okay. and so with water, patients that I work on that like ice water, I just say, when you eat a meal, help your digestion out. Don't don't put a bunch of cold water in there. Your food's going to be like if you wash dishes and, and you're mm-hmm. putting you know, your cold cold water on your dishes and then trying to, to get everything to dissolve so you can absorb it. It's it's just not gonna yeah. it's gonna be a greasy mess and you don't you don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that like say if you're eating like cheese, you shouldn't have like something cold because then it'll just curdle in your stomach. Oh. <laughs> That's how I'm thinking of it, you know? <laughs> it makes a lot no, of sense. It's, it's definitely not good. And and you look at American diet and this is where I Chinese medicine, one of the greatest things that it offers. America right now, there's so many people with diabetes. There's so many people with high cholesterol, chronic disease. Healthcare is it's all, all, roughly 17% of our GDP right now. So of every dollar produced in the U.S., you know, 17 cents of that is going to helping people that are sick or having, you know, whatever the issue is. And the cornerstone of Chinese medicine is pre- prevention of disease so you, right. by harmony and balance. So mm-hmm. eating your vegetables, <laughs> having warm water with your warm foods. <laughs> Take your turmeric. Yes, <laughs> have your turmeric. Wow, I actually know a lot. That's kind of weird. I, yeah. I didn't realize it's I knew so much. You. you don't even know it. I know. It's so <laughs> subconscious. My mom's feeding me all this stuff. Turmeric tastes terrible. I yeah, I'm it sorry. gives everything such a nice yellow color, though. That is true, and it's so good for you too. Um, ginger and turmeric, mostly ginger, but turmeric if ginger isn't doing the trick. <laughs> That's what I was taught. So, <laughs> so you were talking about like bitter herbs and how it's helpful. Do you know a thing called uh, bitter melon? Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, it's good for Have diabetics. Have you used it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <My> I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's pretty. Uh, um, it has a very strong flavor. Shall we say? Right. My mother and my mother-in-law like. They cook it for us. And, oh, good. Um, as a child, I didn't like it, but did I've they, grown accustomed to do it. Do they salt it first? I think they do. Because my mom soaks it in, like, brine or salt water over oh. a night, at least, if not two nights, and it takes out most of the bitterness, but it's still good for you. 
Uh-huh. So she says, but but all I care about is the fact it's not too bitter to eat. So <laughs> when it's when if you don't do that, it's still it's so bitter. But yeah. does that mean it, it's not as good you, for you? You, you take you out might, the bitterness. You <laughs> might you might take out some of the the herbal property that, oh, really? that, that affects insulin. <laughs> but also, there's there's some really interesting things about herbal preparation and how they the herb will affect the body that you can like ginger dry ginger versus fresh ginger mm-hmm. when when should you have dry ginger you never. should never <laughs> really <laughs> no, i don't no. i don't but <laughs> it, dry ginger if someone has a lot of excess moisture it's good because it's drier already um mm-hmm. ginger generally will dry moisture out of the body but if you use fresh ginger, it's a little less drying. So if someone mm. has issues with like dry mouth, it might be a little bit more appropriate for them to use the fresh because it won't so, a- add to the dryness. I like to know like reasons behind. I know like people like to take ginger tea to prevent nausea. Yeah. Or if they're prone to car sickness, you take ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> or you just drink ginger tea every day like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Cover your bases there. <laughs> You'll probably be in a car at some point. So. <laughs> yeah. Every day in the wintertime, I should say. So. <laughs> it, so ginger strengthens the digestive system. It's kind of like having hot water with your food because it's warm. Uh-huh. It also moves the stomach contents downwards. Mm. So a lot of people nausea, it's this... In, Chinese medicine, we conceptualize it as this rebellious stomach chi. Instead of going moving food downwards, it kicks things back upwards. Oh. And ginger will, will help it descend. Okay, what about yeah. the pink ginger that you get at the Japanese restaurant where it's sweet? Pickled. Yeah. Pickled what ginger. What do you think of that? And Does that work? Does that do anything? Is that it's, so, besides cleaning your palate? Yeah, it's good for the palate. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly important <laughs> with your ginger selection. It... <laughs> Pickled pickled foods also have a little bit of salt in them, a um, little bit of sourness, which also brings its own type of energy. So different flavors in Chinese medicine affect the body in different ways. Sweetness tends to kind of strengthen the the spleen and the digestive system. Um, the sourness adds to the liver and gallbladder, which is... Um, it also tends to tighten. Sour tends to tighten things. So, like, if mm. you suck on a lemon, it makes things a little bit tighter. So, like, for your neck and shoulders, the lemon wouldn't be as good because it'll make you a little no, more tight. No, or, <laughs> or coffee. If you had a whole bunch of coffee, it might aggravate your, your neck. Um, so, take lemon out of my ginger tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then salty. Each flavor has its own energy that goes along with it, and they affect different parts of the body and you can actually use that in therapy just just like you can use an acupuncture needle what about like a, a tablespoonful of apple cider vinegar does that have any healing properties or is that just for your liver i mean yeah <laughs> or is it just it, here it, so it totally depends on the person and mm-hmm. do we do we have anything sour here i don't think we do um just chocolate just chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> uh, that's for sweet <laughs> spleen right yeah so um <laughs> The the apple cider vinegar for some people it's amazing. It can really help mm-hmm. them. It it can support the digestive system if because so this is five element. It, it will kind of reduce the excess in the digestive system. Yeah. 
Um, I was told if you eat too much sweets, you should take some. It helps kill the yeast. Yeah, it'll kind of <laughs> cut cut down on the the traffic jam in your stomach. Hmm. But on the other hand, it's all about balance. And some people they need more strength in their digestive system, and hmm. they've got too much kind of acidity in their body, and hmm. and for them it's not as good. It's everything is should be individualized. Then and, they should be drinking baking soda, right? <laughs> yes. Baking soda is just a fabulous beverage. Is, is no, it really? No. no. It's <laughs> terrible. Terrible. I've never, um, but does it actually work? I wouldn't just drink baking soda. Well, so, well, so, no, no, not like not. <laughs> well, so a lot of people talk about acidity levels in mm-hmm. the body mm-hmm. and which foods you should eat and which foods you shouldn't eat. The biggest mechanism that all of us have for regulating the the acidity in our body is actually our breath because mm-hmm. we carbon dioxide in the bloodstream becomes acidic mm-hmm. and it if when we exhale we expel that carbon dioxide when we get more anxious we tend to breathe our breathing changes you may hold a little bit more air in and that can increase acidity and so for all of us actually thinking about how we breathe and learning different breathing techniques can actually help with relaxation and that may affect the pH in our body. It's we we think a lot about food for this but one of the biggest tools we have is really it's our our lungs. Just breathing. Yeah. It's do pretty, do pretty simple. I, I love yoga. <laughs> I do. Um we are reaching the top of our hour so Lisa do you have any more questions? No, no. I was just thinking like we normally ask our oh, guests yeah. what their favorite Dishes? Is that what the question yeah, you is? Want, you want to ask? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll ask. So we ask all of our guests, what is your favorite Asian dish? And then we follow up, will you cook it for us? But, you know, but we've been talking about ginger and turmeric and drinking baking soda, which I tried once, and you're right, it was awful. Um, it was, I, I was really sick, and my friend's like, have you tried drinking baking soda? I'm like, no, but I will, and I regret it. So <laughs> I don't know if it actually works. But anyway, I'm going off topic. What is your favorite Asian dish? So I love food, yes. and and <laughs> that is an unfair question. But when I was a kid, it was definitely laoyotia, the yeah. the like greasy buns. Oh, they uh-huh. were so good. And I was in China studying qigong when I was a kid, and they had them every morning for breakfast. Just amazing. <laughs> and now now that's a much more complicated because I I really like like garlic on bok choy and Mm -hmm. and all the different flavors and spices in asian cooking Uh, oh that i i can't that's unfair i can't pick one now but maybe i'll go with my child i'll I'll support my inner child and say did you dunk in the soy sauce too (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like uh they kind of look like really long crawlers and it's pretty much just fried dough it's oh, awesome. for yeah. like the joke or kanji, right? Yeah, is exactly. That that is? Did you eat it with kanji too? No, no. Well, yeah, yeah. We had it with like water rice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like that. I think that's more towards the south and the east, and the the dunking in soy soy milk is the north and the west ish. So, yeah. so I don't know if you know like the dim sum, like at Liwa, you could get like the rice crepe wrapped around oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. curlers. Yeah, oh, really? those are good too. So. 
Yeah. But we'll, we'll have to we'll have to have you come back and we'll talk just about food because we are out of time today. But thank you so much, Jared, for coming to Asia Town Voice and Lisa and Johnny Wu, the ghost host. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And we'll catch you next week. Take care. <laughs>